Well, welcome to the Ignite Movements podcast, where we're trying to help leaders think beyond a one ministry mindset to a multiplication mindset. And so if you find this content helpful, I hope that you'll like, subscribe, and share. If it's your first time with us, I just want to say welcome and thanks for joining us. You can always go back to the past podcast and catch up on some of the things you've missed. I think you'll find that it kind of brings together a cohesive approach to disciple making and to church planning. And so I think that you'll find uh, going back over those things really, really helpful. And so today I am joined by Dallas Crouch. Dallas, thank you for being with us today. Uh, And we asked Dallas to be here. Dallas is actually in the middle of working towards planting our Kingsport campus. And so we're excited about that. And that makes him the perfect person to help us talk about the topic that we're going to talk about today, which is crockpotting a church plant. I remember the first time that this whole concept kind of really occurred to me. With our first campus, we kind of just did it slowly, uh, and that just kind of happened that way. But then our goal was always to plant new churches and plant new campuses. And so because of that, uh, we had to have a, a strategy. We had to start thinking, how, how do we go about this? What is the way that we go about this? And so I'll never forget in about January of 2012, uh, we were looking at, at getting our second campus off the ground. And, and I remember thinking to myself, uh, you know, it'd be nice if we could find a person <laughs> to start this campus, uh, which is a really crucial part uh, of it. And so, uh, and so we, we were looking and I heard a guy had moved into town and was going to plant a church and really wasn't that closely affiliated with any particular group. So I thought, man, it'd be great if we sat down with him and what if, what if we really meshed and he could kind of be our church planner and we could help him get a church off the ground, which was his goal anyhow. And so we sat down, we had a great conversation, a lot of things in common. Some things, some things didn't, you know, match up great. But one of the things that really kind of became a, an, an issue was he said, I have to get this church off the ground by Easter, which at that time we were about the middle of January. Easter was like right at the beginning of April, I think, in 2012. You can go back and, and look it up and tell me I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> that was a long time ago. But, uh, but basically three months or so, a little over three months, three and a half months, that, that, that this guy wanted to have a church off the ground. And I remember thinking to myself, and in fact, I told him, I said, I'm just going to be honest with you. We're going to send 75 to 85 people uh, we're going to send resources. Uh, we're trying to, you know, locate a location and a building. And to be honest, I don't think we could start a church in, in, in three and a half months. And of course, he was parachuting into the community, didn't know anybody, didn't have any relationships and that kind of thing. And, and I, I tell you that not to, you know, kind of point out that, oh, you know, we think we're right. We think, you know, think he was wrong. But just as a, as a contrast, because what ended up happening was, um, was he kind of went with the, with the big launch, lots of advertising, that kind of thing. Uh, and 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 got it you know got it off the ground by by uh, by Easter, uh, and he had about eight to ten people kind of helping with the launch, and uh, had about fifty people show up at the launch. Uh, some of them were people who were or had come into town to support him that, that had known him from before, and um, and it just kind of it never really kind of caught traction. The difference in that is a few months later. Uh, we actually built a relationship with Chris Miller. and uh, He was in Texas at the time. He had grown up here. We brought him back to the area uh, to start that second campus. And uh, so in the middle of 2012, he begins meeting with uh, the people that are going to go with his campus, and he begins pouring into them. This is what disciple-making means. This is what it means to, uh, to, to be on mission and, and, and those kinds of things and really build up his core uh, of, of people. 
and, and, and then uh, six months later, they left us on a Sunday morning. They were not publicly launched. They were meeting in a, in a, a rental facility that you could never really get ready to, to have church in. Um, and, uh, and, and they, they continue to grow and build their concept of what it means to make disciples and what it means to be on mission. Uh, and, and, and continue to hone what they were doing and do it better and better. Uh, while that entire year of 2013, we worked on renovating uh, the, the place where they were going to permanently be. And it wasn't until it was a year and a half later in 2014 that we publicly launched that campus. Uh, and so uh, just, just to, to kind of show that contrast between let's microwave this thing, let's put a lot into advertising, and let's crockpot it. That's, it, it. It's kind of the contrast there between those two. Yeah, so some of the things I think we can take away from that comparison is the idea that, you know, if, if you want to start a movement, you're, you're, the best way to do it is to start it out of another healthy movement, right? Because you, you're able to see this thing modeled. You're, you're able to see how movements have formed in the past. You're able to come uh, um, under the authority of another uh, leadership that's going to help guide you in this. And, and I don't know personally what I would do if, <laughs> if I was just starting a movement on my own as opposed to seeing this thing modeled, uh, being able to ask questions, be able to bump ideas off of people in terms of, you know, where they've been before and kind of where we're heading as a movement as well. Yeah, Dallas, that's, that's excellent. I think another thing we can take away from that comparison is that your launch is important, but it's not the main thing. When I say it's important, it's important because you only get one chance to launch a church. And, and what I mean by that is there's, there's one chance to kind of tell the world, hey, we're open for business. And when, you, when you're announcing that, I think the thing that we miss sometimes is you're saying we have our act together. And that's, that's important. I don't care whether you're a cafe model church where there's not really going to be a lot of music or, uh, or you know, a, a formal children's ministry or, you know, I, just whatever it is. Or whether it's more, uh, as we would say, traditional, uh, which used to be not traditional, but you know, you're going to have a cafe and you're going to have a band and, and all those kind of things, which is just more involved systems. Whatever, whatever spectrum you're on, like it gives you an opportunity to get your act together before you tell the world we're open for business, so to speak. And it also gives you a, a great opportunity if you crockpot this thing to kind of have an excuse for why things aren't fixed or not in place yet. Uh, and so, you, you know, you can always say, and I remember I said every Sunday is one of the things we, you know, we missed a lot of things when we, when we did the first one, but we were constantly able to say, hey, listen, you know, today, you know, you see uh, a bass player and a person with a, with an acoustic guitar, but I just want to help you understand where we're headed as a church when we launch. We're not launched yet, but when we launch, what, you know, this is what it's going to look like. And so we were able to constantly cast, vis cast vision for where we were going and people would say, yeah, oh, okay, well, you're not there yet. But we were constantly making progress towards it. And, and people would begin to see life change already. And, and they would say, man, people's lives are being changed, and they're not even launched yet. And, and so it just gave us a, a ton of grace to get our act together. And, and you have no idea how valuable that is. But a lot of times church planners will think, man, I want to start a church. I've got six friends that want to start a church. I'm going to put up a website that says we're open for business in my basement. Right. And People are going to show up and go, so this is like, this is your church. Like, this is like, you you know, and, and so, uh, but if you're, it's fine to be in your basement, but if you're saying, hey, this is what we're working to, this is where we're going and we're not there yet. The reason I say it's, it's important is that, but the, the, the reason I say it's, it's not the main thing is, is we have tended to really focus on that. 
as the main thing that, that that's 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 all important we just have to get to that launch and and you know I've used the illustration that it's it's like it's putting a ton of effort spend a, spend you know three months planning a wedding with somebody you don't know <laughs> when you think about it like we've done nothing to build the relationship and lay the foundation for a marriage but we've done a lot of work on a wedding and so t- you talk a little bit about that that big a big launch concept that that really it's still popular but mm-hmm. in a lot of communities it it's kind of it's kind of waning in its effectiveness right yeah i mean it, it probably worked great you know 20 years ago because the thing is you know unchurched people 20 years ago you know may have said something like you know i'm not really in a church right now but let me go try out this new thing that's going on you know it might kind of fit what i want that sort of thing but but today it's perfectly acceptable not to be a part of a church at all. So uh, so when you start a disciple-making movement, you're really focusing on the idea of really being kind of outward-focused in your community and investing in your neighbors and uh, your workplaces and your family and, and things like that, as opposed to just drawing people into one big event that's going to occur. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think even in our area, we live in kind of a Bible Belt kind of, kind of community, and honestly, uh, there's no compulsion if you're if church is not a part of your routine there is there's no feeling of for people that that are not coming to church to feel like they should be in church so it doesn't really matter if your church is more relevant or cooler or whatever it is that you're trying to put on the on the on the flyer they they don't really care it's they're not they're, they're not looking for church and church people aren't looking for church uh, and whereas they really were in in, in the past just because they felt some and I don't know if that was a good thing maybe they felt right. some guilt like they need right. to be in church that's maybe not the reason that right. they should have been but they were uh, more often than not at that time so those are some of the reasons why it's important to take this long game approach but what does that really look like right like oh, so you're like okay Jim Dallas you've convinced me take the long game, like don't just rush it. But what does it look like? And I think one of the really key components of that is is taking the time to lay a disciple-making foundation. And that's something that in our in our first church, it was not really on our radar. Uh, by the time our, we started our second church, we were talking about it a lot uh, and, and really just beginning to try to figure out what that means to equip people. And, and just a few people were kind of getting it. Uh, to the point that we're at now where uh, the Gray Campus, which is doing an amazing job of, of a disciple-making culture, is sending out another disciple-making culture. So mm-hmm. talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that. Yeah, and, and in a way, it's just, it's just really narrowly focused on we want to help people grow in their relationship with Jesus. So, you know, we, we continue to do that. We continue to see uh, other people uh, come alongside of us and do that. And then and then after a while, we kind of see uh, little movements occurring. And so uh, with the Gray Campus, you know, it wasn't something that we forced that we were going to go and we were going to take this step towards Kingsport. No, it was we saw movements of, of people really embracing this idea of disciple making uh, in the area of Kingsport. So we wanted to come alongside of that. Um, and, and really, again, take it slow with the kind of the crockpotting method of, okay, let's start to uh, assemble a core group of people. Let's, you know, start to meet some. Let's talk about this disciple-making culture. Let's, you know, look, talk about what it looks like to invest in our neighbors and the people we live with and our coworkers and all that kind of thing. And, and then just see what God is going to do with that from there, as opposed to just having one big launch. We're going to go out, we're going to do this, and we're just going to see what happens. Yeah, and then try to take a crowd, make a church out of it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Buddy's done an amazing job there 
of, of not only having a disciple-making culture that he leads, but, but growing up leaders to lead their own disciple-making cultures. And, and literally, future churches are spinning out of that because uh, we begin to see God uh, do a work in, in little pockets of places and, and that kind of thing. So it's exciting uh, to see that. Another thing that is really, really important is leadership development. Uh, and when you're crock-potting a church, that's some of what you're doing is you're raising up leaders. And when we talk about raising up leaders, and you can go back and listen to uh, the, the podcast with uh, Chris Miller on it. We talked about the, the Mac Lake Principles of Leadership Pipeline. It's very, very important. But we're talking about not just assembling around you a launch team where this person leads a small group and this person teaches this children's uh, class and this person is going to be at the information center and this person can sing. Uh, we're talking about raising up high level leaders that are going to head up your small groups ministry, head up your first impressions, head up your children's ministries and are ready to, to take that leadership and basically be almost like staff members right right from the start and that kind of thing doesn't happen uh in a hurry uh you can again you can rush a launch and you can get somebody to stand at the information center and you can get somebody to stand you know go in a classroom but but raising up high level leaders uh is important and so i know for for dallas that's been part of the process uh yeah. along the way yeah absolutely i think buddy's done a great job in gray of doing that not just you know, we, we have this hole to fill on a Sunday morning. Can you go do that kind of thing? It's It's been, no, let me give you a seat at the table because I know that God's spirit is in you and, and, and you're taking next steps in your relationship with him. And, and we just want to see what those next steps are. And, and we want to give you a seat at the table in the process because, you know, along with this disciple making movement concept is we just believe that, that whether you're the pastor or not, like, God wants to work in you and, and wants mm -hmm. to work in your community through you. And so, uh, so we are all leading uh, disciple-making uh, movements in that way. So, Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, you've talked a little bit about this, this idea of having the opportunity through this process of, of having other leaders over you, uh, mm -hmm. pouring into you, and that kind of thing. Talk a little bit about what that means for you during this time period of crockpotting. Absolutely. It's been huge. Uh, I don't know what I would do if I was just starting this out of nothing. Um, the, the thing is, when, when you have uh, been able to learn and continue to learn under leaders who have done this exact same thing, I can't describe to you how important that is because uh, you can ask questions, you can bump ideas off of them, you can say, you know, what, what did you do when you kind of hit this hurdle kind of thing. And uh, it's been really important to me. And, and by the way, not just with the campus uh, that I'm currently at in Gray, but just kind of as a network of, of leaders, being able to ask questions uh, and, and feel like, you know, you're not just doing this thing on your own. You've got a community of leaders who are coming alongside of you and helping you in this process. Yeah, and if you don't have that, a couple things I would say. Uh, many of you, if you're looking into church planning, have heard of the concept of your first board being pastors that you trust uh, around, whether they're 45 minutes away or, or whatever. Uh, but just having people that you intentionally choose as mentors, as people who have the right to speak into your life, as people that you can constantly go to and ask questions, because if you rush to that launch and you don't have those kind of things in your life, you're missing a huge on-the-job training opportunity. And so I would definitely make sure that if you don't already have that because of the structure you come out of, uh, that you go seek it out, because uh, it really is a crucial opportunity during that crockpotting time. 
Uh, one other thing that I think is not as sexy, uh, it's not as fun to think about, but uh, if you rush, rush to, uh, to launch, a lot of times some of the things you miss are some of the things that, that are actually like really important, but church planners a lot of times don't think about. Um, personalities of church planners a lot of times are, let's storm hell with a water pistol and we'll figure it out later. And if somebody says, well, you know, have you thought about how we're going to lay this out? You know, the answer is, well, do you not trust God? Right. <laughs> you know, or, and that kind of thing. And so what happens is we get into things and we're, we're running a children's ministry, but we don't have any children's ministry policies. We're, we're asking people to join our leadership team uh, for whatever, however you structured your leadership structure in your church, but we don't have any, um, any qualifications in place for how we decide who's going to do that. We don't have any training in place. Uh, we start forming small groups, but we don't have any small group systems. We don't have, um, we don't have any training. We're not real sure what we're going to use for curriculum. You know, and, and so you just end up managing a lot of messes because you don't have any of that stuff done on the front end. Again, another example would be uh, your uh, your um, member new member assimilation process like you, you don't have any of that in place but you launch and two weeks later people are saying how can how can I join or how do we get involved or do you have membership have you decided if you're going to have membership or how you're going to handle that uh, and so uh, all of those kinds of process type things systems types types of things are things that are very easy to forget while you're totally focused on again like planning just a wedding ceremony, but then there's going to be there's going to be a marriage after that. What's that going to look like? And so, uh, and having those kind of processes in place is is important, even though it doesn't feel urgent sometimes. And crockpotting gives you the opportunity to to focus on those important things. I just want to say thanks for joining us today. Uh, if it's your first time with us, uh, definitely thanks for, for tuning in and spending a little bit of time with us. If you find this content helpful, again, make sure that you like, subscribe, share. You may have uh, comments or questions or topics that you would like for us to talk about when it comes to disciple making and church planning. We would love to see those comments or, or direct messages. Uh, it might turn into a uh, uh, an, an episode, whether it does or doesn't, we would love to try to help you. And so we would love to pour in uh, to you and help however we can. Dallas, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, you're you're kind of, you're, I know you're, you're early in this stuff, mm -hmm. and so you don't feel like an expert on anything, right. but you're an expert on this stage right now. And so you're the perfect person for today. Uh, actually, you're expert on a lot of things. Uh, you just don't know it. But, mm -hmm. uh, but thanks so much for being with us. And just remember, like, crock pot, crock pot, crock pot, because everything tastes better when it comes from a crock pot, mm -hmm. and God wants some tasty churches.